Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy Podcast. My name's Dave, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening to Stand Up Tragedy, whether you're streaming it online or you've downloaded it to listen to later. In this episode, we bring you another highlight from our Hackney Attic show, which we had on the 28th of January, 2013. This is the first Stand Up Tragedy live night that we've had this year. Stand Up Tragedy brings together a huge variety of talent. We pack them into one night and we aim to keep it tragic. Our audience is there to cry until they laugh or laugh until they cry. And with all the great storytellers, musicians, stand-up comedians, poets, cabaret acts and more that we've had on, they always end up doing a bit of both. Last week on the show, we enjoyed the musical stylings of Martin Ostwick, otherwise known as The Sound of the Ladies. This week, Stand-Up Tragedy wants to make you smile. So here's one of our favourite stand-up comedians, Grenier Maguire. Grenier is a stand-up comedian, comedy writer and columnist. She's written for The Independent, The Now Show and The News Quiz and her Edinburgh Fringe show has won awards. Grenier really knows her stuff about pop culture and politics and she makes them funny. Let's hear what she did when she came to the stand-up tragedy stage. Suckers, how are you? <laughs> it's amazing. I feel like I've gate crashed woman's hour or something. Hey guys, who wants to talk about banging? Hello, are we well? How are we doing? I oh, thank you. That was like somebody just said, I'm doing good. Well, thank you. Again, this is very nice, very nice, polite audience. Usually I perform in front of shitheads in pubs. So this, I feel a little bit like, remember Jack in Titanic when he's allowed to sit in first class? That's how I feel a little bit. Hey, isn't reading brilliant? (laughs) Isn't it? Oh, God. Those bloody Tories, eh? (laughs) Who here likes knitting? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We can start, right. What's better, embroidery or knitting? Controversial. I'm dealing with issues, guys. I'm dealing with issues. Something I should flag up, because a few of you maybe thought this when I walked on stage. Um, I'm not as annoying as I look. (laughs) Are we okay with that? That I'm aware, that you're aware, because I know my look is ghost of a wartime geography school teacher. (laughs) I've got that nailed. Round applause from the guy at the front, thank you. Um, is it, can you, um, my, my other look of what I look like is somebody who's just come back from a one night stand with one of the famous five. <laughs> also, tick, nailed. Uh, my favourite, I think I look like, um, like <laughs> my, what I'm aiming for is um, somebody Dylan Thomas might have had sex with. <laughs> That's the dream. That's what I'm aspiring. But I think I overshot, and what I've ended up with. E.T. when Drew Barrymore dresses him up. <laughs> and that is my range. And I'm kind of happy with that. Because uh, I'm not a very confident person. Do you ever, like, I'm, I'm, I'm shifty, I'm nervous, and I'm awkward. I'm basically the three lesser-known seven dwarfs. That's me. <laughs> and I think it's, I, just, I feel guilty, and I don't know why. I just, I'm one of those people, I just walk along the street, and I suddenly feel like I'm such a shit person. I'm a shit person. You know, I feel guilty. And I don't know if that's a Catholic thing, or like if it's an Irish thing, 
or if it's that homeless person I killed. <laughs> it's a weird one, isn't it? One for the psychiatrists. Because <laughs> language is weird. It can mean different things, and I find that interesting. Like, take the phrase, one to watch out for, right? Now, if you're a comedian or an MP or writer, one to watch out for, that is a good thing. That is a good day at work. Clap on the back. However, that same phrase applied to you if you work with young children. <laughs> it means something completely different. Isn't that unusual? Isn't that strange? Um, any, any fans of politics in? Woo! Who here loves the democratic process? <laughs> you load of commies. Uh, I love it because I come from a very political family. And when I say that, what I mean is my mum really fancied Bill Clinton. Like, to an extent that was uncomfortable. During the whole Monica Lewinsky affair, when that came on the news, my mum would stop whatever she was doing and go, oh, if I was Monica Lewinsky, I would have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> yes, said that out loud. With words. With words. And I think I take after her, because, oh, is that Monica Lewinsky? I've got a personality too. No, you don't. That poor woman. Apparently she designs handbags now, so that's a lesson for us all. I take after <laughs> I take after my mum, because I've I have queer weird crushes. I really my main passion at the moment is Ed Miliband. <laughs> I don't care, guys. Because the more you moan and the more you go, oh, he's awful, he's miserable, he's terrible. Somewhere in London, Ed Miliband is just feeling more vulnerable. So like I'm the winner. I'm the winner. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be crude, but like, a ma if a man is that flexible on how to tackle the deficit, imagine what he'd be like in bed. <laughs> You're saying. And the thing is, this is what kills me. David Miliband, he looks like David Miliband, but reflected in a spoon. And that kills me. <laughs> just makes me feel all, all funny inside. But the thing is, I do, it's true, I do come from a very political family, right? And the thing is, if you're from my, if you're my age and from my area of Ireland, coming from a political family kind of means that a certain, there is a certain element of your family that in the 1970s, you just don't ask them what they did, right? <laughs> you just don't ask them. You kind of go, oh, you know, for certain people in my family, I love the 1970s would be a less jaunty programme, right? <laughs> be something different. Less fun, be less of, um, what's his name, uh, Peter Kay on it. Uh, if our family had a family tree, and if that family tree had a special branch, there would probably be a car bomb outside it. <laughs> For the few people who know about uh, the Northern Ireland Police Force, you're really enjoying that joke. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. And um, the thing is, because when I moved to London to do stand-up, and my granddad, because he's very traditional, he's very Irish, he's got very sort of old-fashioned views about the British. So he didn't like me moving to London. And I was like, but, you know, I like I really want to do stand-up, and it meant a lot to me to move, to go, but it was always sort of this division between us. And then the very last time that I, I saw him before, before he died, um, I went to visit him in, in the hospital, and I was trying to communicate to him just how important stand-up was to me and how what a brilliant time I was having in London, but I wasn't too sure how much he was able to understand or what he could hear and I was just was telling him I was like I go and do these gigs granddad and like sometimes they're amazing and they're brilliant you know I'll just go into a room and I'll just kill it I'll just kill it <laughs> and I swear to god like I just saw this little flicker in his eye <laughs> and it was like he finally understood 
and I just thought this is brilliant. I can, he can hear me, I hear me, and our granddad. The thing is, if I, sometimes I go to a gig and it's just a room above a bob pub, and I'll just walk in there, I won't know anybody, and I could just see his little face just lighting up, and I'll go, I'll just walk in there, and it, it'll go well, and when it goes well, I just blow the roof off the place. And he just looked at me, and he was just so proud. <laughs> So proud. Uh, I'm going to leave you on, um, on. This is true. On the way to a gig the other night, this weirdest thing happened. Right, I was walking through Leicester Square, and this man came up to me. And I think the only thing that I can describe what he was doing was he was chatting me up. It was very strange. And then it was about two minutes into it, I realised what was happening. He was obviously on some sort of course, and he was doing the game. Have you heard about the game? It's like your mate went on that course. No. There are cheaper ways of, easier ways of getting women if you've got a thousand pounds. It's fair. You could get a whole year relationship of a thousand pounds. That is bonkers. Because he came up to me, I swear, he came up to me and he just was like, oh, I'm just being spontaneous. I'm just being spontaneous and thinking of my feet. And I was just like, this sounds like a magazine article I wrote about men who love women yet hate them. And, um... <laughs> But then he, I felt really sorry for him because I thought if he's that insecure that he's taking a thousand pound course to chat up women, he obviously doesn't me go, need me going, yeah, we're going on a course. So I was like, oh, hello. Yeah, like, oh, this is a nice thing. And then he said, um, I'm just being spontaneous here, but um, I, I, I just obviously think you would be good in a business setting. Are you a businesswoman? I was like, I'm wearing a bobble hat, no. <laughs> and then he said, oh, because I think you'd be obviously very good in a business running, running the business you would run. And then he just stared at my face. He stared at my face for about two minutes and said, running an opticians? <laughs> Because it's not his fault. He bloody hell, it's, it's our society's fault. They make it put up so many boundaries. They make men and women seem like we're completely different planets and we're completely different. We're all more or less the same, really. And it's like all these pressure that our society puts on men, saying, oh, women are so hard to get. Oh, women are awful, really mean. You need loads of money. And oh, you need to buy a big penis extender. If you're going through a midlife crisis, you need a car. Otherwise, you'll never get a woman. You'll never get a woman. It got me thinking. If men truly knew, I mean really deeply, truly knew just how low most women's standards are, <laughs> like really knew, like just really took it in, like oh yeah, 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 no, 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 just take it in, like really, you know, breathed it in and thought, what? All I have to do is text her back. <laughs> That's all I have to do. I think Western civilization would collapse. And I think if women knew just how low most men's standards are, we would just hide our cats. <laughs> we would just, and all animals, away from them. Um, so that's my books. <laughs> that's the book I'm going to release. Women have no standards, men would have sex with cats. Um, I've been Gronny McGuire. Good evening. <laughs> So that definitely brought a lighter note to all the tragedy. But did our audience laugh more than they cried? Let's find out. I am laughing until I'm crying. I have laughed until my eyes became slightly wet. No, but I've cried until I've laughed. 
<laughs> I definitely laughed more than I cried. I think I laugh when I cry, but I'm up here like that. <laughs> Ronnie is frequently writing articles for The Independent, which you can read in the newspaper or you can read on her website, www.graniermaguire.com. G-R-A-I-N-N-E Maguire.com. There's lots more on there too. Links to her YouTube page where you can watch her live performances. You can find out where she's performing next. You can follow her on Twitter. She's at Grenier Maguire. And she's touring all over the country over the next month or two. So definitely check Grenier out live. Live performances are the best. And Stand Up Tragedy can't wait until our next one. So join us at the Dog Star in Brixton on Thursday the 28th of March for even more comedy, more storytellers, more musicians and more, so much more. Find out more by visiting our website www.standuptragedy.co.uk or be our friend on Facebook. Or to get even more immediate updates, follow us on Twitter at StandUp4Tragedy. In the meantime, you can download or subscribe to the Stand Up Tragedy podcast, which is released every Friday. Find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, or through the Stitcher Smart Radio app, which is a free download that you can get on your smartphone. Listen to us online, but don't forget to come along to the Dog Star in March. For now, the tragedy is over. This podcast was produced by Bryony Hawkins and recorded by Stephen Harvey.